0: Welcome to the Scholars and Storytellers podcast, a podcast brought to you by the Center for Scholars and Storytellers at UCLA. For this episode, we're going to be doing something a little different. For a special three-part series, I, Nir Liebenthal, interviewed high school students from the CSS Youth Insights Council. They are a fantastic group of students interested in the intersection of psychology and entertainment. I asked them some pretty difficult questions, but they are truly wise beyond their years. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy Thank you for taking the time to interview with me. Of course, it's my pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So you are a 10th grader, is that correct?
1: Yes, I'm a 10th grader and I'm going into my junior year.
0: Wow. 10th grader going into junior year, Geffen Academy. How do you feel about finishing up 10th grade?
1: Honestly, it went by way too quickly.
0: Really? Yeah. Way too
1: quickly. and. I mean, I'm excited to be going into junior year, even though it's supposed to be one of the hardest years uh, but I was think, I was talking to my friends about it the other day. It's crazy how we're basically halfway through our high school career
0: yeah wow that that is that is wild and yep when i was when I was in high school junior year was also the trade trademark hardest year
1: yeah
0: yeah, okay I got a couple got a couple of questions for you here. We can talk about them and very curious to hear what you have to say. And uh, yeah. Okay. So the first question I have for you, it's a big question. What, what role do stories play in your life?
1: What role do stories play in my life? I think for me, stories have always been, uh, a big part of my childhood especially throughout my family I mean stories like when I think of stories I think of my childhood because I remember when I was younger um at at my old house we had my room had these big windows that all you could see out of it were like bunch a bunch of trees right and we'd always see squirrels like um climbing the trees and my dad would like make up stories and he'd call the squirrel sam the squirrel and like every night he'd come into my room and just on the spot he would make up these stories but obviously at the time when i was young i thought like he just was like psychic i was like whoa you know so to me like stories are a way to make connections with people and it's also it also gives me feelings of nostalgia when I think of stories.
0: Wow. That's a that's a really, that's first of all, that sounds so lovely. That's a yeah. really, really cool, really cool thing that your dad did. And yeah, like that's a great, that's a great answer. Cool. Uh, okay. Next, next question I've got for you. So, when you're so picture this you're scrolling you're scrolling through one of the one of the streaming platforms you're trying to figure out what you want to watch how do you choose what show to watch
1: you mean like on youtube or netflix
0: let's say netflix
1: netflix okay so normally what i what i choose is based on um kind of the trending movies and stuff like that um and there's also a cool feature on Netflix where it tells you the percentage of what they think the movie will match with you based on like your interests. Right. So I normally choose off the trending movies or like the top 10 in America. They have that feature too. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool, cool. So is there, when you think about what, what content is out there now, is there any content that you want to see more of?
1: I think that I want to see more content as far as like coming of age or more uh teen like high school movies because to be honest a lot of the high school movies that they've made they're cheesy or they're just outdated mm-hmm. and I think having like a real raw accurate high school movie maybe with a high school producer or someone there mm-hmm. to like really direct you know what's right what's accurate and stuff like that could be really cool.
0: Do you do you wish do you wish that the content creators is- listened a little bit more to to young people when making making their content?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a a big thing that happens is maybe uh, directors think they know what teens want to watch and they think they know what they want to see, or maybe they base movies off what their high school experience was like, which is okay, but it's not always accurate because a lot has changed over the years. I mean, a lot has changed over the years, and I think it would be beneficial to have someone actually going through that process and experience now.
0: So, follow-up question. If you think about the types of characters that exist now on screen, do you think that that Hollywood has evolved? I
1: mean, honestly, I have noticed... Um, I mean, I haven't watched Disney Channel in a while. It's definitely been a minute. Hmm. But uh, I do remember that they've been incorporating uh, a lot more characters related to the LGBTQ plus community, um, and stuff like that. So I think that Hollywood is definitely evolving to, you know, show and um, kind of educate their viewers on the realities of, uh, you know, different sexualities, uh, diversity in all different aspects. So I definitely think it is evolving.
0: So do, do you think there's any more work to do? Like, is it is it enough to just have representation of different groups of people on screen or is the the nature of the representation important as well
1: i mean i think to say that there's nothing more they could do that doesn't work with anything in life like you can't (laughs) say there's nothing else to do um i think there's always work and there's always things that hollywood and especially just media as a whole can work on and expand on um i think that they're definitely making an effort to show all these aspects that are reality for a lot of people. And, but I do think that there are many other ways that they could incorporate it, whether that be through the actual media, like through the shows or, you know, having informational stuff for, because a lot of the, honestly, a lot of the demographic of Disney channel, it's quite young. Mm -hmm. So I think, Having some informational things, whether it's throughout the shows or separate from the show, could be could be good.
0: Uh, that's a that's a great idea. Yeah, H- have you come across any types of like supplement supplemental information that was helpful? Whether it be like s- like social media accounts sharing resources or apps of sorts, or is that something that you don't really see a lot of?
1: You mean as far as. As far
0: as what? So, like more in, in information in in addition to like like you were talking about there there could be information in addition to the show itself. Say you're watching a TV show and you're curious about lear- learning more about uh, about one of the one of the themes in the show. Uh, for example, if there's a portrayal of suicide on the show and you want to learn more about suicide and you want to raise suicide awareness or you want to learn more about hotlines that are available. Have you seen stuff like this in the past?
1: Yes, I have. I mean, especially after when 13 reasons why that show came out a couple years back. Uh, they, I mean, they faced a lot of backlash because it was, it was pretty real and raw. And, uh, I guess maybe the first time around they didn't, uh, do viewer discretion as well about like how serious it was. So I, I remember watching that show and I remember wanting to do more research about it. And to do that, I went, I just Googled, you know, and mm-hmm. when it comes to serious inquiries like that, I think I take Google, I take the Google route more than the social media huh, route. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Cause do you, do you trust, do you trust Google more for accurate information than what might be shared on social media?
1: with google it's easier to get facts straight from the source like the director or the writers and stuff and i think on social media it's a bit more opinionated or a bit more oh my perspective on it is rather than what it actually is you know
0: so to to build on the year you brought up 13 reasons why do you think that that show or shows like that can get people to talk with their friends about difficult issues or talk with their families about difficult issues or do you think it's it's something that can be a little dangerous to portray to portray that on screen
1: that's actually an interesting question um, when I think about it I think that that show may at least for just my guess on it is, I don't think that after watching that show, someone said, oh, like, now I feel like I'm comfortable enough to talk about Suicide with my friends. But I think the more natural reaction was to just maybe talk about what happened in the show itself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, Hannah, like, what's up with Hannah? Like, what do you think about Hannah? You know, the characters, which will maybe lead into that deeper conversation. But I don't think it's – it goes straight to, you know what I mean? Right, like,
0: right. There's, there's a, a process there. There's stages to it. It's, it's not more a natural
1: process. process. To,
0: yeah. Yeah. But maybe starting the conversations about it is an, a very important first, first step. For sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. Great.
0: So do you think that an entertainment media shapes the expectation that kids, the expectations that kids have of themselves and others?
1: Do I think they do it perfectly? No, but I definitely think more recently in the more recent years, they have definitely made big strides towards what is a bit more realistic. But again, I think it's so important for kids our age actually going through the process and actually with those real expectations and pressures on them in the present Mm -hmm. to be a part of that writing and, that writing process, the directing process, all of that—I think it's so important.
0: Nice, nice. Okay, this is—I have a, a bit of a tough, a tough question for you. Okay. If you have to watch one movie on repeat for the rest of your life, what movie would it be?
1: Oh gosh. I'm sorry. Oh gosh. Um, okay. That is so tough. Wow, Nier.
0: I, yeah, I know. I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible person.
1: That's very
0: It could be a TV show, too.
1: Oh. Okay. Here's what I will say. Have you watched Money Heist?
0: I have not, no.
1: Oh, my gosh, Nier, you got to get on that. Yeah. But I will say the first season or two of Money Heist is quite boring. Okay. But that Netflix purchases the show... On like the third season and it gets so good so honestly money heist okay
0: noted. noted very good show okay so what what platform and this can be you know this can be a tv show this can be a streaming platform this can be a social media platform but what platform do you think teens get most of their content from
1: I think this year has been a very successful year for TikTok mm-hmm. because I, I can't name one, one of my friends who isn't on TikTok. I really can't. And whether that's because they're only there to watch the content or create content because it's quite easy to get TikTok famous on the app because the algorithm allows a lot of people to get views. Uh, I think a lot of people get their information from TikTok and especially... With, uh, with recent events of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and the riots and the protests and all that, TikTok has done a good job of, of uh, allowing people's videos based around that to mm-hmm. be on people's For You pages, which is like what people see on their feed. Right.
0: So if you were to give content creators a piece of advice about making content for people your age, what would you say?
1: I think funny and raw content is what kids my age really enjoy.
0: Okay, what do you what do you mean by raw? What do you mean by raw content?
1: Have you seen? Uh, have you heard of David Dobrik? Yes. And have you watched some of his vlogs? Uh,
0: I think you. I, I believe you showed me, or somebody in the youth council showed me one of the videos a while ago, right?
1: Yes. The cool thing about uh, David Dobrik is his videos have no it's almost like they have no storytelling process like it doesn't go from point a to point b to point c to point d it's basically he stitches together a bunch of funny clips that happen with him and his friends throughout the week a bunch of crazy bits mm-hmm. and he just stitches it together and it's just every bit by bit by bit you're engaged you're interested you're laughing and I feel like that type of content is what really engages us teens because it's just, there's no room for, for boredom. You just, you just keep going and going and going.
0: Sure. Okay. What about the people who make content that actually is narrative based and tries to tell a story?
1: I think for narrative based storytelling in media, I think the raw aspect of, you know just being raw and again I'm coming back I know I've come back to this a lot but mm-hmm. I think what engages us is seeing something we relate to and to see something we relate to you got to have someone in there who knows what we're talking about yeah, yeah and what I mean by that is again having someone our age going through it be involved you make a
0: pretty good you make a pretty good argument i can't lie Thank- you make a good argument Okay, this is, this is my last question. If you, if you could give one piece of advice to tweens who are younger than you about how to have a positive relationship with media, what would you say?
1: Don't get a phone until you actually need it. Or don't get on social media until you actually need it because it's a, it's a dark place, social media. It really is. And if you get wrapped up with the wrong people or get wrapped up in the wrong thing... It could very well like, cancel you. I mean, cancel culture is so real on social media and it's so toxic and so bad. Mm-hmm. But it's so real. So my advice would be stay off social media for as long as you can.
0: So what? What? when is the right time to get on social media? Is
1: there a right or, time? Let me, let me revise that. Make sure before you get on social media that you have a healthy plan for how you're going to be on it and how you're going to manage it. Nice. That's,
0: that's, that's a good answer. And do you, do you have any, sorry, I'm, I'm pushing you a little bit here, but do you have any, any tips about what a healthy plan for social media might look like?
1: I think um, definitely the time you're on the app has a lot to do with what goes on when you're on the app, meaning like, if you If you give yourself a strict schedule or a strict um, you know amount of time that you're allowed to be using it, that'll definitely help or reduce you know the pressures you might face while on the app and stuff like that. Right.
0: Any last words, Any, anything you want to plug here when you have the chance?
1: Um, I mean no, I've just I mean the past couple of days have been crazy for everyone. It's been confusing. Frustrating, just insane. And uh, I guess what I want to say is just people have just got to learn. People got to learn to listen. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't give yourself the opportunity to listen, you're never going to learn anything.
0: That concludes this episode of the Scholars and Storytellers podcast. A very special thanks to the wonderful students of Geffen Academy for joining the conversation. If you have a minute, rate and review us. And if you have any friends who you think would enjoy the show, share it with them. If you're interested in learning more about our work, please visit us at scholarsandstorytellers.com and follow our social media accounts by searching Center for Scholars and Storytellers. This podcast was produced by the Center for Scholars and Storytellers with special thanks to Jim Oles for creating the intro music, the UCLA Film School, and Near Liebenthal.
1: Goodbye for now, and thank you for listening.